stories, spirituality, pathways, and aliens. You're here on The Long Road Home. that me i feel like you lost it there for a minute you lost them are you trying to sing the melody of the opening <laughs> i was yeah they got so quiet i just looked wrong on the the screen you got it now you're doing it like loud hello everyone hello welcome to another episode of The Long Road Home. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing today, Emily? Oh, I hate that question so much. <laughs> I know much. you do. That's why I like asking it. I hate it. it so much. I'm great. I'm fine. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm good. Fine. But the, when fine. you say, how are you, it sets me off into some sort of existential crisis where I just go like, how am I really? Am I fine? Am I okay? The answer is yes, but it just, it, it makes me pause every well, time. What better a group of people to tell your true self to than internet strangers there i mean there you have it i'll just like totally open up about they're very some of my weird tendencies i guess right off the bat mm-hmm. uh well i am doing wonderful <laughs> it's been I, I just so <laughs> you mm. how are you chad i'm great uh it's been a pretty good week uh fall's coming Pretty happy about that. It's supposed to be a little cooler after this week, which is really nice. So yeah, things are good with me. That's pretty much all I need. <laughs> <laughs> Just fall. Yeah, Halloween's coming, baby. No I'm so more. excited. No more summer clothes. Nope, thank God. We were just talking today about how just dorky summer clothes are. Chad's not a fan. I'm not a fan. Not a fan of the short sandals combo. I hate flip-flops. Yeah, well, flip-flops, that's a different That's a different conversation. Yeah, those are trash shoes. They're over. They are. Over. Absolutely. I think we've got a great episode for you today, but before we start, we're going to tell you about some of the stuff we've been doing this week. Uh, we've been binge-watching BuzzFeed... What's it called? BuzzFeed Unsolved. We, yeah, BuzzFeed Unsolved Supernatural. It is great. Dude, I love this show so much. Me too. I'm really excited that we found it, and I'm kind of sad that it took us so long to find it, but now we get to just binge-watch it, so that's, you know, that's yeah, always nice. absolutely. Are you a Shane or a Ryan? Oh, I'm a hundred percent Ryan. Yeah. And you are one hundred percent Shane. On some level, yes. Okay. You are a believer. I am. So that is where you differ from Shane. But I feel like on other all other levels I, I think want that to if believe. you were to walk into a haunted house, you would probably be like, Fuck you, demons. Because my house was haunted. I said that all the time. I want to believe. I really, really want to believe, and sometimes I do, based off what I'm reading at the time. Dude, I'm sorry. I don't know if we can even engage in this conversation right now because you have ghost stories. I do. You I really do. You saw a ghost. Yeah. So how can you just sometimes believe? Because I don't know how they work. It's not that I don't not believe. I I do believe, but I'm skeptical of other people's encounters because they're not personal and they haven't happened to me. Yes, so. of course you want to you want to take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, and not believe every ghost story out there, but I. It's something I I don't know if ghost is the appropriate term for whatever it is, but there's some sort of weird energy or some residual thing that happens after death that sticks around. I think I will say I have one qualm with this new show and I love it. I don't mean to come for them in any way, but I've gotten a little sad for the ghosts that they go and visit. Yes, she has. 
it just they will go in and they have this it's a static box to communicate with um ghosts so they'll go into these haunted areas i should give you a little more context for the show they'll go into um well-known haunted areas and try to communicate or have ghostly experiences and so they go in with this it's like a static box and it quickly um flips through different radio Radio waves. Radio, radio waves or radio frequencies. Um, and the idea is that the ghost is supposed to be able to like select like words from these frequencies in order to communicate. And sometimes it, I'm really convinced that there's a ghost in the room with them. Um, and they'll just be like, what? What? We can't hear you. Okay, they're not there. And you'll literally hear a ghost being like, please help. Wait, help me. And then they turn <laughs> off the static box yeah, and it and makes me sad. I personally kind of just want to go and spend some time in these haunted places um, to, like, really try to give these ghosts some closure. No, me too. I think that would be great. Okay. That, that box is one of my big problems, so I am not a fan of that. I don't believe that it works. I believe in it. I really I don't. do. I'm okay. sorry. I nope, don't. No, it's okay. And this is why <laughs> I'm a Ryan and you're a Shane, because they have literally <laughs> been like, can you repeat my name back to me? And- the box will say like Ryan or Shane. They they they've yeah, had but, full conversations with the ghost. I don't understand why would it randomly pick up those names at that time? Because it's a radio signal. Like it's just flipping through radio signals. The odds of it picking something up, I feel like are pretty good. There's only so many radio frequencies. Something's got to be there. I don't know. The, dude, the one episode there was that one episode where they really had a converse. It was like a really in-depth conversation. You thought that that whole thing was fa- like fabricated or know. random. It can't all be explained. Okay. <laughs> anyway. No. Um, yeah, I am a believer in these paranormal things. I just, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I just need evidence from other people's experiences. I know what I saw and I do have some pretty wacky ghost stories, but that's also why I would be running around going, fuck you demons. Because, I was used to it from a young age. Can't scare me. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Well, if you're not afraid of ghosts, I have some other spooky news for you. Maybe I can get you spooked. Slap or me with it. Maybe I Bone can. Daddy. Maybe I can give you a good scare with this story. The number of missing persons cases reported in Montana has spiked since February. According to data from the Department of Justice, from February to August, there has been a 22% increase in missing persons cases. Holy cow. So as of Thursday, um, that was last week, so I should say, so as of around August 15th, there were 180 missing people recorded in Montana up from the 148 recorded in February. Yikes. That's a lot to be happening in like the middle of like spring in Montana, which really is more winter. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I, I definitely thought it was interesting, especially because like that's right around when COVID hit. Yeah. So that's kind of when people were supposed to be shuttering up and going inside. Why was there an increase in missing persons? Because this is America. I don't know. The article that I said. in the, this country. The, we can just go get lost in the woods and then deny help when it finds us after our families have spent thousands of dollars to come looking for us. That's real. Did you know that? If rescue service finds you, you can deny their help, but and then you won't get charged. What? That's, that's no joke. I don't know how many people do this, but I do know that you can, if, if search and rescue finds you, you can deny their help. So I'm so in this hypothetical scenario, you are lost. Yeah, you're and lost. And they find you, uh-huh. and you say, "I'm good." Yeah. And they just have to walk away. And they go, "Yeah." But would the 
case be closed then at that point? We found him done. I, there's we like, found him. He didn't fucking need want help. Our help. So we left. Yeah. Well, the article that I read was um, was very short and to the point. It really just listed those statistics and then kind of um, ended the article. So they really they really like dropped a bomb on us and then just quickly uh, walked away. There's no real explanation as to why. There's no um, theories as there's no theories as to why this could be <laughs> happening. Um, it's really left up to your own speculation. Hey, hope you guys are having a good June. There's a lot of missing people now. Just, okay. There's been some more. I'm going to go get some dinner. More than usual. You Nothing know. To think about. But don't worry anyway. about it. Anyway. <laughs> Just letting you know. So are you spooked now? Yeah, honestly, worse than I was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Miss, yeah. Getting lost in the woods is scary. A lot scarier than a transparent bean throwing cups at me. The chance what? of death the chance of death is much higher being lost in the woods. I, I don't know. I guess it's very prideful and I'm sure that a lot of people out here go like, I could last a couple days in the woods. Like if I needed to, I could. I, yeah. if I had, if I had like Michael Scott style, duct tape in one hand, whatever the fuck those pellets were that he had, and then like a knife, I would take that. <laughs> oh, and and I would take that and walk into the woods for three days before I would witness a cup levitating in the air and flying at my face. Ah, uh, well, to each their own. But okay, I'm glad I get. I'm glad I gave you spook. To each their own. Yes, you did indeed. So, guys, today we are kind of crossing the things we've been talking about. We're mixing up the spiritual and the supernatural. We're talking about voodoo. If you guys are anything like us, you don't know shit about voodoo. Yeah, you might think that you do, but you don't. Yeah, throw everything you've ever seen on TV out the window because voodoo is not voodoo dolls and swamp people witch huts. So before we begin, I'd like to let you guys know that we're going to be talking specifically about Haitian voodoo. There is New Orleans-style voodoo, but it is different than the Haitian style we're going to be talking about today. We'll explain why later in the episode. So before we start talking about voodoo, we need to take a step back and look a little bit further at sort of the roots of where it came from. Uh, Before we start, we should tell everyone our sources. Mine were mostly Wikipedia articles. We also got some information from Britannica Online, a website called culturesofwestafrica.com, PBS, a PDF called Slavery in Haiti from the University of Texas, and another small article from Portland State. And I got my sources from um, also Wikipedia, YouTube, LiveScience.com, Study.com, a random uh, article I found on Webster.com that was a email from a Mr. Bob Corbett, uh, and also I used the website occultworld.com, which I think had I did great, too. great info Is that like the too. steampunk website? Yeah, it was yeah. really rad, and it had awesome info. Okay, so we're going to start off by going way, way back to ancient Western and Southern Africa. Ooh, okay. Yeah, uh, we're, we're going to be taking a look at some more traditional African religions. Traditional African religions are broken down into linguistic cultural groups with common themes. There's three of them. There are Niger-Congo speakers, there are Nilo-Saharan speakers, and there are Afro-Asiatic speakers. So voodoo traces itself back to the Niger-Congo speakers, specifically those of the Yoruba religion and also the Vudan religion itself, I, well, and also the voodoo religion itself. Among Niger-Congo speakers, there's a belief in a creator or higher deity, so God. Uh, 
some people consider that to be a widespread and ancient feature of their culture, along with more specialized deities, ancestor spirits, territorial spirits, evil caused by human ill will and neglecting ancestors and uh, priests and things like that. So the, the Yoruba religion forms a small basis of voodoo, but also the actual voodoo religion in Togo. Vodou, I think is how you say it. I might have just said it wrong in the first place, but Vodou in Togo is spelled V-O-D-U-N, so it doesn't look right. For those of you who don't know where Togo is, it's a West African nation on the Gulf of Guinea. It's in between Ghana and a country called Benin. So, Vodou cosmology centers around the Vodou spirits and other elements of divine essence that govern the earth. It's a hierarchy that ranges in power from major deities governing the forces of nature and human society to the spirits of individual streams, trees, and rocks. The Vodou are the center of religious life. Perceived similarities with Roman Catholic doctrines, such as the intercession of saints and angels, allowed Vodou to appear compatible with, with Catholicism and eventually helped produce syncretic religions such as Haitian Vodou. A syncretic religion is one that takes traditional beliefs and combines them with, them with some new information, just which is exactly what happened in Haiti, and basically any place that adopted slavery. So what really happened was that when Europeans came and enslaved African-American people, um, they were forced to essentially hide their own religion by covering it up with Catholicism or realigning it with Catholicism. It was kind of like a rebrand. They took their uh, individual deities um, or Loa and aligned them with Catholic saints. Yes. Now, something interesting about Vodou is it is... It looks to me like it's matriarchal. Um, mm -hmm. So there is a queen mother. It's the first daughter of a matriarchal lineage of a family collective. She holds the right to lead the ceremonies incumbent to the clan, marriages, baptisms, funerals, things like that. She also is an important member of the community and watches over the marketplace and stuff like that as well. Uh, they also have priestesses. Yeah, and in my studies, I came across some really, really amazing priestesses in, in Africa and in Haiti. Um Cool. They're powerful ladies. We'll be sure to talk about them more later as well. That's about as far back as we're going to go. We're going to move forward, and we're going to talk just a little bit about Haiti itself. Although in recent decades, Haitian history has been marked by economic hardship and political unrest, Haiti was actually the first free black republic in the world, which is something I didn't know, and was the second independent country in North America besides the United States. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that either. That's I did really... not. Um, yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, really interesting. <laughs> Christopher Columbus quote-unquote discovered Haiti in 1492. Mm -hmm. He deemed this chain of islands around Haiti Little Hispaniola. The island, which came to be known as Santo Domingo, lost its place as a preeminent Spanish colony in the New World during the middle of the 16th century. So that all changed when Spain ceded control of the western part of the island to the French, who called the area Saint-Domingue. Renewed interest by the French caused the island to prosper, and by the end of the 18th century, Saint-Domingue produced about 60% of the world's coffee and about 40% of sugar imported by France and Britain. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that means that they had a lot of like power there, really. Yes, they did. And unfortunately, with that power came slavery. They had already pushed out the native peoples uh, to the far outskirts of the island. If they didn't eradicate them totally, I honestly don't know. I just know that uh, they didn't want them there, so they got rid of them. So slavery was prominent during this entire period, from the Spanish to the French. But when the French occupied the, the island, it was at its peak. There were 500,000 slaves there compared to 32,000 white people and 28,000 free blacks. Wow. Yeah, so just 
completely disproportionate amount of slaves to people. Uh, it's ridiculous. Something that I found out during this research is that most slaves were sent to the uh, Caribbean. Well, yeah. I mean, I imagine if you're producing that much coffee and sugar. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's not a great statistic. So the next part of the story comes from PBS. During this time, violent conflicts between white colonists and bands of runaway slaves called Maroons were common. The Maroons entrenched themselves in the mountains and forests and, as their numbers grew into the thousands, began hit-and-run attacks and raids on colonies. So they were not happy about any of this. Yeah, um, it's, it's pretty pretty exciting, this, this yeah, story. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons for this. One of the big ones is that when slaves were brought to Haiti, they were given eight days to become Catholic. They had to drop their old religion and become Catholic because that was the only religion allowed by the, the colony at that time. So this is really when you have the, the blending of religions happen. Yeah, this is when it starts, same time period. Also, another fact that I had no, no idea about, this is also a time period when a Creole language was born, Haitian Creole. So Creole is not just a language. Creole is a definition of a language. Say that again. Creole is like a type of language. It's it's a mishmash of different languages put together. So there are different types of Creole. Understood. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I really didn't, I know, didn't know either. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this one in particular was a combination of like 90% French and then 10% Niger-Congo dialects because everyone came from different places. And so that's how they learned how to communicate with one another. So to become a Creole language, it has to be passed down from generations. So the first generation to do this made something called a pigeon. That pigeon is the language. The next generation who becomes fluent in it and speaks to one another in it, that's when it becomes Creole. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. cool. I'd really, I, I wouldn't have thought there would be words. <laughs> yeah. There'd be language for that. Linguistically, but, it's yeah. really cool. Um, so in 1791, a group of former slaves led in part by Toussaint Lavature organized a full-fledged uprising that toppled the colony. It's the first successful slave revolt in history. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Now, are we going to tie in voodoo? Yeah, I'm we are. I'm excited about that. Okay. Uh, so, on the night of August 14th in 1791, slaves from nearby plantations gathered deep in the woods of Boy Keman of what was then the French colony of Saint Domingue. By the fire, a young woman possessed by Izili Dentor, the warrior mother Loa. Ooh, my yeah. lady. Yes, get <laughs> she it. She was there. The warrior mother Loa, often iconicized as Black Madonna slit the throat of a large black Creole pig and distributed its blood to the revolutionaries who swore to kill the Blancs, white settlers as they drank it. Classic Dantor. She loves her a, a suckling pig. Mm-hmm. Now, honestly, I thought that little story was just a quip from The Guardian and they were just being dramatic, but then I read it again somewhere. I was like, well, okay, that really happened. Yeah, and it's very much embedded in their culture. It there. is. It, that is a part of of the revolution if you if you are a part of the voodoo community in haiti you very much believe that azili dantor contributed to the revolution yeah that's what i ended up reading as well so yeah so after they toppled it Toussaint's tactical skill and charismatic leadership allowed him to take control over the entire island a constitution approved by the new colonial assembly in 1801 granted Toussaint the title of governor general for life whoa what a badass title right yeah uh it was brief though uh yeah (laughs) sorry you led me on there yeah i was trying to get you hyped Um, (laughs) napoleon bonaparte was ruling the french at this time he got word of this and he was not happy so he dispatched a large number of troops 
to wrench back control of the island in 1802. Fucking Napoleon. Yeah. He did it successfully. Uh, Toussaint finally surrendered on May the 5th, 1802, with the condition that there would be no return to slavery. Though France assured Toussaint that he would be allowed to retire quietly, he was instead captured and sent to the frigid dungeon of Fort de Joux in France, where he died of pneumonia less than a year later. Aww. Yeah, fucking really sad ending for Toussaint. Uh, but what he did is still permeates today. After seeing Napoleon restore slavery to neighboring Martinique, Toussaint's followers continued to fight against France. And when war between France and Britain began in Europe during 1803, that was their time. They were able to force Napoleon back out of the islands, and they took control over once again with Toussaint's army, led by one of his generals, Jean-Jacques Jean Dessalines. They overran the remaining French, and in 1804, the country renamed itself Haiti, which means mountainous, and declared its independence with Dessalines as leader. Yay! Yeah. Okay, Good so it was, yeah, Napoleon came in, and he, he tried to take it back, but it only lasted about two years. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you had me there for a second. French-English war did I help. I, I just want to say, I know how it turned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> that's just a brief history of where Haiti came from. And during this time, like we said, Creole and Vodou really became intermingled in the culture of this place and the people that lived there. And that's where we're going to start talking about it today. Um, so like I said, on arrival, slaves had eight days to convert from their native faith to Catholicism. So this mixing resulted in today's wildly eclectic pantheon of African spirits alongside Catholic saints creolized to walk among them. So Vodou, in a way, not only helped bring these people together, but it also helped preserve some of their homeland traditions, which they they were going to lose. But there was a, a sense of companionship among the slaves that made it to the islands and the continents that they went to, and they were able to come together and preserve some of this stuff through these beliefs. So just briefly, just so everyone here is clear, voodoo is a sensationalized pop culture caricature of voodoo, the Afro-Caribbean religion that originated in Haiti. Followers can be found in Jamaica, the Dominican Republic, Brazil, the United States, and elsewhere. Well, um, sorry everyone, because I definitely said voodoo here at the start. That's okay. Honestly, I, I'm like I'm nine percent sure I'm saying it right. Voodoo. It's like a nasally e. And some of in some of the videos that I watched, uh, particularly one following a voodoo priestess, she called herself a vaudoisant. Vaudoisant. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. And you do see it spelled several different ways. I've, I've seen it spelled like five different ways. So voodoo refers to a whole assortment of cultural elements, personal creeds and practices, including an elaborate system of folk medical practices. It's a system of ethics transmitted across generations, including proverbs, stories, songs, and folklore. It's more than a belief. It's a way of life. That was Leslie Demong, a Haitian professor at Harvard's Trinity College, describing Vodou in the Encyclopedia of the Paranormal. So I, I wanted to talk for a second just about how effective removing a native people's belief system and just leaving a vacuum there for them, how influential that can be in taking over a group of people. Oh, 100%. That, that's, yeah. exactly, that's exactly what it is. It's You, you strip somebody. You, I mean, no, I was going to say down to the core, but it's beyond that. You... you you remove their core. Yeah, um, that's really what you're doing. And and now they have nothing else to rely on. And I, I don't want to get too political here, but I want to say, unfortunately, today there are, are Haitians that are still Catholic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Catholic and Christian, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And, uh, you know, that's a classic move by quote-unquote universal religions to come in and take these regional religions, these ethnic religions, and just tell them, like, what you're talking about is garbage. 
And when you do that to a group of people and all of a sudden they have no footing, they're confused, they don't understand what's going on, that's probably, you know, it's going to make them feel less than or ashamed. And it leaves a vacuum when there's enough people beating you into the ground, telling you what you believe your entire life is wrong, that you're looking for something else. Well, yeah, and it d- divides them. The whole it does. The whole point of uh, Voodoo is unity, is that we are all one, is that everything on the earth is one. And so when you strip that away from somebody, it's it's going to be harder for them to unite against you. Yeah, and, and that was a big part of it. It's really sad. Yep. But fucking 1804. Yeah. Um, revolution. So although Haitian slavery ended in the early 1800s, thank goodness, followers of Vodou were often persecuted by authorities who demonized the religion. An 1889 book titled Haiti or the Black Republic falsely attributed human sacrifices, cannibalism, and other atrocities to Vodou, further, further spreading fear of the religion. Um, many fundamentalist Christians still regard Vodou and Voodoo with suspicion, associating it with the occult black magic and Satanism. Even today, voodoo is often used as an adjective to describe something that is unknowable, mysterious, or simply unworkable. I guess in 1980, George Bush disparaged Ronald Reagan's monetary policies as voodoo economics. Mm-hmm. Voodoo like, economics. Do you think George fucking Bush knew anything about voodoo? <laughs> oh, it's just inherently racist. Yeah. Bigotry at its finest. Thanks, yeah. Bush. And oh, <laughs> talk about getting not getting political. <laughs> I think the persecution goes back to also the fact that this religion is associated with the uprising. And as a Christian society that was ruling over these people, as a Christian, they automatically assume the worst of this religion. Yeah, I mean, we've uh, seen it before. Yeah, we have. Um, in reality, though, Vodou isn't anything like that at all. It's nothing bad, like Emily said. It is a religion or belief system that tries to bring people together. Now, there are some core beliefs in Vodou, including belief in a supreme being called Bondi in Creole. Bondi is an unknowable and uninvolved creator god. Yeah, isn't that interesting? He's, yeah, um, he's there, so but he, he doesn't is, care. Yeah, exactly. He's the He did his job, and he's like, peace, I'm out. Yeah. He, he's totally uninvolved now. He don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. But there is one god. Yeah. And One like true God in specifically Vodou. that's from the Niger Congo area that I talked about earlier. That belief in one God uh, and a lot of those religions they don't believe that that God is the Creator. They believe that He is part of the things, but that the universe is eternal and He's just a part of it, like we are. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I mean, we should say like any religion, there are going to be different um, sects. I could say I, I said sects. Like <laughs> yeah, sects. Sects. <laughs> it's a very hard see. It's hard to say. Um, there's a whole spectrum of belief within the construct of Voodoo. Yeah. And there then is. people align themselves on in different parts of the spectrum. Yeah. So along with the supreme being, uh, followers of Voodoo believe in universal energy and a soul that can leave the body during dreams and spirits possession. This is something unique to Voodoo is that spirit possession is great. It is not a bad thing. Being possessed does not suck. It's what you want. Yeah, they love it. They're they here do. for it. And that's a great segue into another huge part of Vodou called the Loa. Vodou focuses on the veneration of deities known as Loa. These are often identified as both Yoruba gods and Roman Catholic saints. So this is really cool to me, is they actually have a religious calendar that matches up with the Roman Catholic calendar, but the names are different on the holidays. So their Loas are, they have uh, synchronized their Loa with Roman Catholic saints, and they're all associated by some, 
either just flat out they just chose one and put him there, or there is an association between the saint and the Loa's uh, personality. Right. I mean, there are saints that are associated with agriculture exactly. or uh, war. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, they, they kind of just took the Loa's that were similar and, and kind of pigeonholed them into um, these different categories of saints. That's really interesting, though, about mm-hmm. the calendar. I didn't I didn't know. That's yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. They have their own calendar. I love it. Uh, it's great. So Loa are basically intermediaries between Bondi and humans. Humans are seen as unworthy to talk to the creator God. So Loas are the intermediaries such as like, I don't know, angels would be, I guess. Yeah, that's in actually. Christianity or whatever. That's actually in one of the videos that I, I watched. There was a priest and that's the, the, the word that he used exactly was. They, His angel. Angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're way cooler than angels if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. It seems sweet. I'd like to. <laughs> well, you'll see. <laughs> uh, I'd party with these guys. So uh, each Loa is unique in having its own name, its own personality, and its favorite things, including just colors, which is crazy to me. When the priests and priestesses who do the ceremonies to summon Loa call call them forth, they have to be ready to identify which Loa it is and provide them with the things that that Loa likes in order to get its favor for it to help. Right, right. They each have their own desires, and they each have their own gifts that they bring to the table if you meet said desires. Yeah, so they love stuff. They love our stuff. Give us your stuff. They love stuff, and they love physical action as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they I like think, rubbing. I had to think about it. Rubbing and dancing and fighting. Yeah, they do. They like, they, they've really got a lot of energy, these guys. Uh, a central ritual involves practitioners drumming, singing, and dancing to encourage a loa to possess one of their members. They believe that through this possessed individual, they can communicate directly with a loa. Did you know that um, different drums are associated with different loas? No, that's cool. Yeah, so depending on who they're trying to summon, uh, they'll use different drums throughout the ceremonies. Hell yeah, that's Mm -hmm. sweet. Um, Drums are cool. (laughs) They are cool. Drum circles. Let's never, do did it. you ever go to a drum circle? Not like a real one. No, I don't know if I like them anymore. <laughs> it might be a. Yeah. I walked through one in Asheville. We walked through the one in Asheville one night. Yeah, we yeah we yeah we lived in near Asheville for like a long time. I always get I'm easily moved by music, so I I like a drum circle. They make you want to dance. Yeah, you just feel it. They do get you all hot and horny. <laughs> hey, ready you to know? sway. Depends on whatever Loa you're trying to attract, mm-hmm. right? So, unlike saints or angels, Loa are not simply prayed to. They're served. Like I said, they're distinct beings. They have their own personal likes and dislikes, even rhythms, songs, dances, ritual symbols, and special modes of service. It's important to note the Loa are not deities in of themselves. Right. They are not gods. They are, quote-unquote, angels. Yeah. Interme- they're the middleman. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and just sort of looked into the Loa a little bit further, and I picked a couple that seemed interesting to me. Now the, I did too. Did you? I awesome. did. I picked the ladies. <laughs> oh, cool. That's I awesome. did. There are these groups of Loa, which they refer to as Nanchan, which is, I guess, some sort of uh, form of nations. Okay. Is is it almost like the a family then? Yeah. It's okay. Family, group, whatever you want to call them. On Wikipedia, there are the Rada Loa, the Petro Loa, the Congo Loa, the Nego Loa, and the Gede Loa. Gede Loa. Okay. Um, Reda Loa are generally older and associated with water. Petroloa are more fiery, occasionally aggressive and warlike, and they're associated with Haiti and the New World. Congoloa are loa called Simbiloa that originated from the Congo region and are still around today. They made it through that 
religious change and they're still part of this. Uh, same thing with Negoloa. They originate from Yoruba land, which Yoruba was one of the founding sort of religions for this. And then there's the Gedeloa, which are spirits of the unclaimed or unremembered dead. And that's where two of the, the Loa that I chose to talk about come from. So the first one is my boy, Baron LaCroix. Oh, yes. I fucking love LaCroix. You love LaCroix. I do. I had to look more into Baron LaCroix. <laughs> I love How it. How could I not? Um, That's awesome. So Baron LaCroix is my favorite. <laughs> this is the one that I want to just rage with. Uh, <laughs> I feel like he's the guy that would keep you up to like four in the morning and then drag you out to the bar at like noon. So he's like the Dave Chappelle of party here? Yeah. Like, here's an Navi bag. Yeah. You, w- you walk around with this. Fucking rally. Yeah. We're going to get continue to get fucked up. <laughs> we thought we were done. Not even close. Baron LaCroix. Also, LaCroix means the cross. So what the fuck is the water talking about? What? <laughs> Wait. Oh, my God. The cross. It's lemon and water. It's like a cross? Yeah, it's the cross. Okay. All <laughs> oh, right. Shit. <laughs> we hacked the code. Oh, man. I just unlocked a region of my brain. Oh, my God. I leveled up. So Baron. Shing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Baron LaCroix or Bewan LaCroix in Haitian Creole. I don't know if I said that right. No, but. I think I think it sounded <laughs> yeah. really good. Um, he is a loa of the dead and sexuality, baby. Oh my god! Uh, uh yeah, get so, it. Uh. So, like we said, they all have different outfits and stuff. So Baron Lacroix is often seen wearing a black tailcoat and carrying a fucking elaborate cane. He is the ultimate suave and sophisticated spirit of death, quite cultured and debonair. He has an existential philosophy about death, finding death's reason for being both humorous and absurd. So I'm so sorry. Did you lead with that he's the spirit of death? Because it took me until the third death to realize that he's the spirit of death. And it's just very fitting that you would pick him. Yeah, he's a spooky boy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, he is the extreme expression of individuality and offers the reminder of delighting in life's pleasures. I keep trying to think of like a quirky response, but every There's... time you make a sound, it's different than I would expect it to be. <laughs> was that not and crazy? I... <laughs> was that not sexy? It's great. It's great. Uh, so yeah, Baron Lacroix is all about that grinding on the dance floor. Okay. All the drinking, all the partying. He would be a okay. fun dude to hang out with. I bet he's got a lot of cool stories. The other one that I chose is also from the Gedeloa, Baron Criminel. He is a much feared spirit or loa in Haitian Vodou religion. He's envisioned as the first murderer who has been condemned to death and is invoked to pronounce swift judgment. This dude, insane. <laughs> He's crazy. So Baron Criminal is synchronized with St. Martin de Poré, maybe because his feast day is November 3rd. That's the only thing that I saw about it. No one really knows why, it seems like. Oh, okay. Because um, I don't know anything about St. Martin, but I don't think he was a murderer. Probably not. Probably most Catholic saints yeah. were not murderers. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. So, a pers- I mean, well, some of them were. I mean, well, I don't know. Sorry. Continue. That one killed a lot of snakes. Yeah. And like, did say any saints participate in? What? <laughs> the uh, Crusades? Yes. No. Okay. Well, so they might have. I don't know. I don't know. Delete it. Okay. Delete it. Chat. Chat. Delete Yes. Okay. A person possessed by barren criminal shouts obscenities, spits libations to all past criminals and threatens to kill surrounding people who violate them. It sounds like me after I've had too much whiskey. It does. Just a rough night. <laughs> just <laughs> angry. It's just a rough Saturday night. You're hanging out at the bar. You can't talk to any girls because you drink too much and you're just drooling all over yourself and you're just angry. No. Anyone? No? No one? You're okay. still, You still angry? 
No, I'm happy now. Okay. Everything's fine. Okay. I'm fine. <laughs> if during possession, Baron Criminal is presented with food he does not like, he will threaten to bite chunks out of the arms of the possessed person, which I've, I'll do that too. Fuck. Yeah. I like my food. I like my chicken nuggies. That's intense. I I am not sure if I would want to summon him. Yeah, it's not great because <laughs> sometimes he calls for sacrifices of black chickens to be doused in petrol and set alight. So maybe don't talk to him a lot unless you need to. There is a lot of sacrificial there chickens are. happening. V- Voodoo is not all great, just like any other religion. There is a lot of animal sacrifice. This is true yeah. because they believe that everything is one. They and do. so it's really not, it's not going anywhere. It's going back to the people. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, they're still, they kill a lot of chickens. A lot of chickens. <laughs> just a lot well, of Well, chickens, chickens represent, like, cleansing. Yeah, which I also don't understand that either. I've never seen a clean chicken. I mean, if you think about it, like, chickens are a source of life. Yeah, they make eggs. I don't know. They make, they make <laughs> eggs. They produce meat. It's it's like, like you have food every day. You don't have to kill the chicken to have food. It produces food for you. <laughs> Which came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know. For some reason, it made sense to me. I was like, I can get behind chickens, mean cleansing. I like chickens. <laughs> oh, man. Arise, chicken. I Arise. like chicken. There's an Aqua Teen Hunger Force reference for chicken. all my 30-something friends. Chicken nuggets is out my there. best friends. <laughs> okay. That's a, uh, that's a um, fuck, super nanny reference for all my trash TV friends out there. Yeah, we're probably going to delete all this. <laughs> This is a lot. There's a lot of shit. I love this shit. Give him off shit. So both of these Loa also have colors associated with them and things that they like. Um, like I said, Criminal likes burning chickens. His colors are black, purple, or white, and deep blood red. Lacroix, on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lacroix. On the other hand, Lacroix has more traditional colors like black and purple. Also, the Gede Loa are known for the banda, a dance they perform that mimics sex. Ah, uh, I did see. I, I, um, wait, which, which Loa banda. was it? Oh, the Gede. The yeah, Gede? Yeah, I saw, I saw a, um, in one of the videos that I had watched, the priestess had multiple possessions in one ceremony, and that was one of them. It was, I don't remember which Loa it was, but it was from the Gede family, and they talked in depth about how it's, there's a very sexual dance that comes along with that that mm-hmm. possession. And it's actually, you know, everyone else joins in if you're a part of the ceremony. They don't just leave you standing there. Um, but it's even more sexual than twerking. Yeah. It's very, just that pelvic thrust. and um, It's getting in there. It's damp. It's a damp room when the get are there. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. Uh, Quite, yeah, just just sweaty. Wet. 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 Oh, my God. No, don't do that. <laughs> okay. What did, which which lower did you look at? Okay. So um, I was just really feeling inspired by the powerful priestesses that I um, was watching in my research. So the two loa that I picked, they're often mistaken for sisters because they're a part of the same quote unquote family. But like we said earlier, family's more a general term. Uh-huh. It's, it's more like a nation or a grouping. So um, I, I picked Azili Freda and Azili Dentor. Freda is envisioned as a stunning woman. She is a wealthy courtesan with a taste for only the finest in life. She is the queen of love, beauty, romance, and riches. Life as it should be. Hell yeah. (laughs) She is the most beautiful of the Loa. 
So interestingly enough, she is described as a virgin, but also a very promiscuous woman. So essentially, she does what she chooses. She sleeps with who she wants, but she's still considered a virgin. You know why, right? You know what the Catholics call that? The poop hole loophole? Oh, my God. Just... That's blasphemous in the eye of voodoo. No, in the eye of voodoo. Boy, I hope not. Please. <laughs> I love I love this religion. I'm sorry. I'm just having a good time. I know. It's okay. She. I mean, maybe. Maybe she's into it. She's into a lot of things. But it's like, girl, live your best life. That's like what she's all she's about. She's enjoying herself. The world that she envisions has nothing but kindness and graciousness. Everyone has good manners. Nothing is ugly sordid or crass there is no racism sexism poverty or perversity when harsh reality inevitably intrudes azili freda begins to weep her weeping floods the entire world you know i was gonna say something about hand jobs there then but it's not now fitting. I'm sad. it's not fitting no she's really like she loves to have sex but she's not like crass she's no about gay it. day yes she's no gay day exactly she is actually she is associated with the Rada family, oh, okay, which is associated with water, femininity, and feminine bodies. Okay, doesn't she like pink champagne? She does like champagne. Mm-hmm. Um, her favorite offerings include French pastry. French, pa- I can't say that word. <laughs> her offerings include French pastries, cafe au lait, French champagne. None of the cheap stuff. No. That's what it says here in this article. Oh, shit. Yeah, she means business. She also likes um, Virginia Slim cigarettes, rice cooked in cinnamon milk, fried bananas, white cake, luxurious fruits, jewelry, clothing, silk scarves. Damn, all right. So um, she is a woman who knows what she wants, and she wants the finer things in life. Sounds like a woman after my own heart. Good to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the next Loa that I picked was Azili Dantor, um, who we referenced earlier. She is independent and beholden to no one. She is sick of crying. She's had enough tears. She's a spirit of rage and initiative instead. She's honored as the spirit who initiated the Haitian Revolution. Yeah, that's so cool. It says here... Um, and by the way, when I say here, I'm referencing the occultworld.com articles that I that I read. Um, it says here that she fought in the revolution alongside men. Fuck yeah. That's badass. Oh, what? I forgot this part. Oh, boy. Her lover and partner was Ogun, who I did not cover. He's another Loa. But apparently when the revolution ended, he cut out her tongue so he couldn't so she couldn't reveal his secrets. What's his secrets? I don't know. He's got tiny penis. We can delete that whole part. That's so far. Yeah. Oh, no. Now it's this funny. That's the only thing a man would ever want to keep secret, really. Men don't keep secrets unless they have a tiny dick. <laughs> unless they got something to hide. Their, their nipple. Or okay, wait, we something got it. that's easy to hide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. Some say, some say that she only has sex with male spirits in order to have children that she adores. But really, she prefers to have sex with women. Oh, damn. I know. Girl likes to fuck. Um, but this is a pre and post breakup spirit duo. The first one is enjoying herself, but she cries a lot. The second one is mad. She's done crying. She's done crying. She's independent. She wants to fuck. And she wants to fight. 
And she's here and she's ready. I love she it. She is. But not only that, she's also known as a protector of women and um, children, uh, especially like single mothers and those that have been, quote unquote, neglected by society. I like this Loa more. I do, too. Yeah. They're both rad in their own yeah. way, but she's she's badass. Definitely. I got to agree. So her offerings include cigarettes, rum, homebrew, pineapples, sweet red wine, knives, <laughs> Daggers, <laughs> fried pork, cool, pepper jelly, corn, corn sprinkled with gunpowder. That's interesting to me because I read another Loa, I can't remember which one, but he likes rum with gunpowder. Weird. So the last offering that's listed, it says Malagro of heart pierced with swords. So I believe that that would be a heart of a sacrificial animal oh, that was pierced okay. with swords. So those Chicken are the offer- offerings that she prefers. And when she appears, most of the time she doesn't say anything and she is gesturing to be holding a child. Yeah, I guess we never really covered that. Um, the priests and priestesses determine which Loa has possessed someone by the actions that it takes. Yes, we really should have stated yeah, that earlier. But that's it's a, it's a manifestation. So yep. So while we're talking about it, we can kind of dive into rituals if you'd like. Yeah, totally. Let's do it. These spiritual possessions often occur as part of a public ritual called Fet for the Loa, which loosely translates to party for a spirit. So what happens is there's a gathering. Before you come to the gathering, by the way, you're supposed to get really, really clean. Um, so that way you're able to attract the spirit. You're supposed to get really clean and enhance your beauty so you stand out to the spirits. Yeah. And it's amplified Wrong. into the spirit world. So you get really clean. Typically in the spirit in the in the rituals that I watched, you wear all white. You dress in all white, but I would assume depending on whatever Loa, you're trying to attract, you might dress a different way. Yeah, maybe. Um, I honestly don't know. But there is um, a lot of drumming and chanting and singing that happens. And a priest or priestess is the one that is uh, trying to be possessed, right? So you you kind of decide based on the, the time of year or day of the week what um, Loa that you're trying to attract. Or maybe there's a, a situation or an incident that's happened and you're trying to attract a certain Loa to come and help. You gather your people and you drum and chant and sing and try to summon this Loa. And then the Loa, sorry, and the priest or priestess essentially offers the offers their body to the loa um so it's not just someone it's the priest that becomes possessed you know so i in the the ceremonies that i watched it was priests or priestesses there are incidences where other people become possessed and there are instances that are outside of these public rituals where people become possessed as well um but in in the larger ceremonies typically it is led by the spiritual leader gotcha okay um, and so the, they summon the spirit and they offer their body to it. And when the spirit comes, um, they all kind of have their unique entrance as well. But they come and they take over this the priest or priestess's body. And so if you were to ask the priest or priestess what it felt like or what happened during the, the possession, they wouldn't be able to tell you because essentially their spirit has left their body and their body has been entered by a loa. That's how you do it, folks. That's how you do it. Now, interestingly enough, it's not only people that can be possessed. There is a particular ceremony called the Manjayam. Okay. And it is an event to celebrate the yam harvest. 
I do love yams. So for this event, the best yams are collected from the harvest, but no one can eat any of them um, until the end of the two-day ceremony. The first night, the yams are put to bed, or kushed, in a way that allows them to absorb the spiritual energy from the loa. The next morning, the yams are ceremonially awakened. Throughout the day, the yams are cooked along with other foods as a feast for the spirit. Well, how do they awaken them? Do they kiss them? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know how they're awakened. My mom I used didn't to see sing yams a really loud song, Throw Water on Me. I The throwing water <laughs> on you part is the part that always gets me. I was... You're a heavy sleeper. You're hard to get out of bed. I don't know. That's true. Uh, yeah, I just don't like getting out of bed. The second night, the community hosts a fete for the loa and call many spirits to possess people who are specially and secretly prepared for possession. So this is one of the instances where okay. it's not just a priest or priestess. Once possessed, these people partake of the feast for the loa. The other people in the community can feast as well. So now it's at the end of the second night. Everybody can partake in the yams. But essentially, yams are harvested. They're put to bed so they can be possessed by the spirits. They're cooked and prepared for the spirits. And on the second night, um, the rest of the yams that have also been possessed are cooked and prepared for the people. Wow. Okay. These are crazy rituals. Not crazy in the sense that they're weird. These are very interesting rituals. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I really enjoyed learning about this religion. Me too, man. I really mm -hmm. wish... I, I wish I had found more more videos about these different rituals. Um, yeah. it, it's unfortunately there's not a lot of content um, about it, but um, what I did watch, I really I really enjoyed and was actually really moved by. Yeah. So there's a there's another ritual that I want to cover as well, um, and that and it's one that I find to be particularly interesting, and that is um, the marrying of a member of the Vodou community to Aloha. Uh, would would you marry a ghost? You know, I think before I read more into this, I might have just said yes because I thought it sounds interesting. But it sounds like a lot of commitment. Yeah, I mean, you're marrying a you know spirit. <laughs> yeah, and these spirits know what they want, and they have rules. They don't take shit. They'll take your your everlasting soul. They yeah they well. <laughs> you know, I'm reminded of that super raunchy scene in scary movie where the girl has sex with the ghost that's in the house and she's like slammed up against the wall nothing i didn't watch that movie oh, okay um <laughs> you weren't supposed to well because i still got scared by it <laughs> by scary movies yeah wow really yeah huh so i tried to watch it because i was like okay it's like poking at scary movies but then i still got scared so i turned it off oh man <laughs> I didn't know that about you. That was like when I was very young. That was like ten years ago. But still, I you've never funny. you've never put it on the TV. I'd be down to watch it now. But yeah, ten years ago, I was like, oh, jump scare. <laughs> well, I feel changed. Great. Anyway, in Vodou, there's actually not a um, real ritual for marriage. Oh wow! Instead, in the Vodou culture. Marriages take place between a person and a loa. Oh, okay. So this contract is just like a marriage between two people, but in Vodou, marriage is for life. There is no possibility of divorce. 
And interestingly enough, there are um, a lot of different rules that come along with this marriage. So one of them is that the human is required to abstain from sex on the days that they are supposed to lay with the loa. So you can't have sex on a day-to-day basis? Not day-to-day. <laughs> You got you got based have on their some, schedule though. You got to have some skip dates. Yeah, it's based on you their have a schedule. Sex schedule and with the, the ghost. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and the human that is married to the loa um, can be required to sleep with the loa one or even two nights a week. Wow. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like that's more than like most uh, American marriages. Or yeah. marriages in general. Yeah, that's a pretty regular marriage sex schedule. I mean, yeah, they're they're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the spouse of the loa typically has a special bed that's made up of the colors that are dedicated to the loa, like we, we talked about earlier, or that the loa prefers. And on the night that you lay with the loa, you're not like actually performing sex or um, I assumed yeah, that you were like not. like masturbating, like and visualizing sleeping with the loa. Okay. Like that's just like what I assumed. Is that you made a face? Is that not what <laughs> no, you no, no. think of? Like that's what I thought of. Interestingly enough, you can still have a physical marriage with another human being and be married to a loa at the same time. However, the rules still apply. Um, you have to abstain from sex on the nights that you're laying with your Loa spouse. But additionally, um, a lot of people in this community, I mean, like anyone else, do we have room for an extra bed in our home? No, <laughs> Just not like, currently. Like, I, you know, so um, in families that maybe might not be as well off, they often only have one bed. And thus, the human partner is obliged to go and sleep on the floor with the children. So it can lead to some, it can lead to a little bit of a resentment. Yeah, I bet so. Yeah. I could imagine just laying on the floor. Like, yeah, you better hope that your, your partner um, doesn't like to talk in their sleep. so obviously there are a lot of other ceremonies and rituals um that take place within this this community but these are the ones that i wanted to cover with you today uh and if you're interested in learning more some of the videos that i watched were from vice actually they had a few videos that followed some vodou priestesses that i was particularly moved by um they had some different interesting ceremonies where one i think i referenced it earlier she one priestess in particular she um was possessed by multiple loas in one evening and it's really Mm -hmm. really something to watch so if you're interested in learning more um go and check those out yeah and i actually found a really cool article in featureshoot.com that has a bunch of pictures of a voodoo ritual taking place in Brooklyn. Some people got to go and take some pictures of it, and it's really cool. I'll be sure to post those pictures for you guys to take a look at. Oh, wow, that sounds really neat. It is really cool. They're very interesting to look at, and it's a really intimate view into the rituals. Cool. Mm-hmm. So looking at voodoo today, it's still very prominent in Haiti. There was a quote I found that said people are 70% Catholic, 30% Protestant, and 100% voodoo. That's obviously not the case, but there is no, a no. lot of crossover. Yeah, and actually in, in some of the videos that I watched, they, they talked about how a lot of people feel ashamed to participate in voodoo culture, but they still practice privately. So, I mean, it might not be fully 100%, but I would imagine that it's more than reported. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, due to the growing Protestant community in Haiti, Voodoo is often attributed to the disasters that often strike that area. And uh, Pat Robertson, that shitty fucking megachurch guy, that he even came out 
and tried to blame the earthquake that happened there in 2010 on the people that were practicing voodoo. So fuck you, Pat Robertson. If you watch evangelical preachers on TV, you're throwing your money away. I hate to be mean, but stop. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, and it's creating a division within the voodoo community. Um, And I really wanted to say before we finish that um, obviously it's a little problematic or Obviously, we are aware that it can be problematic. We are two white people that are talking about an oppressed race and culture and religion. But it was something that we we started to look into. We were interested in these rituals. And as we we dove deeper, we really figured out the history behind it. Um, And we wanted to share it with you. But I would encourage you, if you've heard um, something that we've said that is incorrect, please reach out and let us know. We want to be a productive part of the conversation. We do not want to further the wedge in in this community in any way or really really say anything wrong. So don't don't be afraid to reach out and let us know if we've said anything that was offensive or um, incorrect. Yeah, the whole purpose of this podcast was to introduce people to topics that maybe they didn't know a whole lot about and you know, we don't know a whole lot about them either. So if there is something that we've misconstrued or there's something you want to comment on, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. I also think it's important to note that in Togo today, there's still 2.5 million followers of traditional African Vodou, which is really cool. Awesome. And that's not including the Yoruba religion, which comprises 14 million followers today that may also be practicing this religion. Whoa. Yeah. So it is alive and well, not only in those places, but also in the United States, in Haitian communities across the country, and anywhere else that they may be found. So it's good that it's still here. It's a really cool religion, and I liked learning about it. One last thing before we go, I want to let you guys know the difference between Haitian-style voodoo and New Orleans-style voodoo, and honestly, uh, Deep South hoodoo and juju and things like that. These religions were convergent. They happened at the same time in different places. So it was a similar event occurred that, unfortunately... Slaves were brought to North America, and their traditional religions mixed with the religion that was at the location they ended up in. Gotcha. So they're they're similar, but they they might have gone in some different directions. Yeah, there there are slight differences, and uh, hopefully we'll get to cover all of them because I really enjoyed this one, and I'm sure I would enjoy the others just as just as much and enjoy learning the differences between them. Yeah, I definitely want to look more into the various styles of Vodou um, and learn a little bit more. Super interesting. And that's all we have for Haitian Voodoo. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. We really enjoyed bringing it to you, and I hope you guys got something out of it. Thanks for listening, everybody. And if you are craving more Long Road Home content, don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore LRH underscore pod. Hit that like button. Give it a tapity tap. Uh, don't forget to follow us and subscribe. You can also hit us up on Twitch yep. at the yes, underscore the LRH underscore pod. Yep. It's the same. We did look out. Uh, we'll be posting pictures to Instagram and Twitter from the article that I was talking about with the photos of the rituals. That should be really cool to see. And you can keep an eye out for updates on there. And yeah, please follow us. The more people we have following, the more the algorithm is going to like us and the more people can hear the information we're giving you guys. And we'd really appreciate that. Yeah, we want we want people to come and engage in the conversation and teach us more. Also, if you have any comments about this episode or any of the others, or if you just want to share your stories, whether it be experiences with Haitian voodoo or the time you saw an alien, please email us at show at gmail.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you, and we'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. So yeah, 
like we said, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you'll keep listening. Follow, like, subscribe, anything that you can to help us along. And we love you guys. So thanks so much once again for joining us here on The Long Road Home. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you later. We'll see you later, baby. Come on back now, you hear it?